Okay, welcome back. Yeah. Uh, we didn't take another like three month long break this time. That again. would be crazy. Why would yeah, we do that? We're totally on top of stuff. We just want to keep you guys hanging on. Yeah, keep yeah. you on your shows. Yeah. Uh, in keeping with the tradition of, uh, you know, taking promising, a break from PK. No, promising a lot more and delivering nothing. We're going to be talking about Layla Lombardi, aren't we? If you could say her name right, I would appreciate it. It's Lella. 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 Le- no, say it with me. Lella. No points. So okay. go ahead. This is going to be a Kimberly episode because yes, it I is. think it's going to be really interesting. It is I really be really enjoyed the Philippus episode. So I wanted to criticize the way you said her name, but you said it just fine. Yes. Okay. So start us off, BB. Lella Lombardi. She's actually pretty fucking cool in my opinion. So if we start off with her childhood before we get into Formula One racing, anything like that, she's born in Frugarolo, Italy. Oh, you mean... Frugarolo. Yes. Yeah. I meant Par- what I said. Parmigiano. Parmigiano. <laughs> it's actually in... Is that, is that where the cannolis are from? <laughs> such an ass. So, Frugarolo, it's a small town in Piedmont, Italy. I Piedmont's a, thought Piedmont was a in, town. In, it is, in California. Isn't it? I don't know. I'm not from here. Well... That's weird, because I am, and I am almost positive that Piedmont's in California. You know, you know there's also a Bellingham, Massachusetts, right? I do. Okay. Just as long as we're clear that names okay. can be in different places. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some quote-unquote research. All right. Well, while you do that, I am going to move on, because it is possible. It's in fucking have... California. And Italy. Yes, yeah, in Alameda County. Yeah, so... Great, so it's we're... in a shitty part of California. Yeah, literally. It's in, like, the worst fucking <laughs> part. Yeah, it's in the valley. Her father was a butcher... So, I mean, it seems like humble beginnings, but I don't know in Italy whether that was actually humble or not. Or if, he was like, probably very well respected. Money. It was probably middle class. But her but... first job was actually driving the delivery van for her family's butcher shop. So before she got into F1, she was already driving really slow machinery. Do you see how I didn't make it about her driving ability? I want to hit you. Why? With a car. <laughs> if you have Lila's luck, you won't be going Shut very fast. <laughs> so she was driving a butcher's truck. She was. She carted briefly. Go karting. Go karting, yes. which feels or silly corded. to say, because what? I don't know. I corded, carted, same thing. Quoted. Quoted. Is that what you were going for? No, like that Brooklyn quoted. Well, yeah, because that's where the bubbly boobies come from. The ones in New York. The Italians. Yes, the Italians. Please don't kill me, the bub. I don't, I don't want to go into the think the mob gives program. a shit, yeah. babe. I think the mob is probably like, eh, that kid's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and apparently the mob all sounds like Peter Griffin. <laughs> all right, so after carding, she bought her first car in 1965, because I can read. And my notes kind of suck, and I'm realizing that reading them now for her early life. I... I did not go into detail about Carter briefly. I'm going to say it was because I couldn't find the information because that was really common when I was doing the research for all the women because, yes. once again, there is very little representation of women in very motorsport. Little. Yeah. Um, like, such a small amount. Such a for, small amount. For the amount of women who are commentating in Formula One, like Nikki Swift, um, Natalie Pinkman, like all these ladies who are commentators and our presenters yeah because very women little... can look pretty but they're not meant yeah. to actually race but like uh, yeah a lot of the women in formula one did have a very big impact like Susie wolf and Lila lombardi 
And Maria Teresa de Filippis. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Queen Bee. She was the first one to do it. Thank you. Yes. And Galitza Divina. Or Divina Galitza. I said her name backwards. Did we talk about her? No, we're talking about her next. Spoilers, by the way. What? So... Let's they could going. literally look up women's yeah, drivers in yeah. Formula One chronologically. Uh, I was just going to ask. We never like explicitly <laughs> said we were going to go in chronological order. No, I we? think we did. Yeah, because I said oh, I wanted to do it in order. right. Because you kept being like, dumb. no, there are only like four. And there are more than well, four. There are like five. It's another one of those moments. Well, you want to hit me with a car? A little bit. Mm. Yeah. Well. So after buying her first car in 1965, she started racing in Formula Monza. I looked... I searched. No information on Formula Monza. I dug through the internet. I found next to nothing about Formula Monza. Yeah. My best guess as far as Formula Monza is it happens at Monza in Italy. Yeah, that's it. Are you fucking No, I'm being dead ass. That's why they called it Formula Monza. Are you shitting? Yeah. I hate motorsports. Yeah. Oh, okay. believe me. So do I. Great. So, um, I feel like I wasted a good 20 minutes of my life because I was just so uh, upset you're so upset that you the didn't internet. find it. That's so funny. So, 1968, she moves on to the Italian Formula 3. Ooh. Which, I mean, from going from fucking Formula Monza, which basically doesn't exist on the internet, to Italian Formula 3, which also barely exists on the internet, but is still there. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's good. Yeah. Um, which is surprising because, sorry to cut you off, there are a yeah. lot of, like... There are a lot of drivers in F2 and F3 right now that are men. Uh, no, that have shocking. Done, well, I mean, that have done, ha, 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 that have, like, races, but, like, you try to go to, like, their, like, the first, like, stuff they did, there's, like, <laughs> you can't find any information on it. <laughs> They're, like, they grew up. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. They're, like, they, they attended this, uh, like, karting championship, but then you try to look it up and there's, like, no information because it's obscure nothing. shit. That's very common. It's something yeah. that happened, like, yeah. for two days. On a random week, yeah, like in if the, fucking Italy, mm-hmm. in the, oh, oof, that's annoying. So wait, okay. when was uh, Layla born? That's a good question, and I am sure we will get to that at the end of the episode when okay. I wrote it down. Cool. Great. I just I wanted to make sure I don't. No, I just it. forgot to put the year that she was born. Yep. She was born in Frugarolo. Okay. Okay. Yes. But we know she started racing in Formula Monza in 1965, so. I would imagine probably the mid-40s. Maybe, yeah. So she um, ended the 1968 season in Italian Formula 3 as the runner-up to Franco Bernabe. No information on him. Yeah, no nothing. I'm finally a man that I have no information on. 1970, she races a Baragi in the Italian Formula 850 series. No information on that either. I'm going to say no and hope I, that I looked it up. That's so funny. He's <laughs> tried to like, find information no, on what a, lot a of these, is. A lot of these old racing series are like, give no information. Like, there are a lot of, there's a lot of information about like the people, like relative to their age. Because right. even back then, like they weren't cataloged or like nobody thought to like actually... You know, write someone's history. Well, and it's weird, too, because I'll be doing this research, and I'll find someone who's mentioned once. And I will search everywhere for that name. Never seen again. And I'm like, how the fuck do you have a career 
that's so public and only get your name mentioned in one obscure article about one person. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of these, like, babe, the big, like, series, as it's always been, have been F1, uh, whatever's going on in the States, like, NASCAR-wise, and even then, that's not really global. Whoa, and whatever's hey, going on whoa, like... whoa, 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 back up. Okay. Back up. Mm-hmm. NASCAR isn't global. Yep, back the fuck up. They literally only have races that take place in the U.S. Yeah, In either an oval or, like, a purpose-built track. Okay, Southgate, it's not just an oval. It's... Uh, That's what I'm saying. It's either an oval or a, like, purpose-built track, like But you already called it an oval. Yeah, because they race at ovals. Stop. They're they're called ovals. Stop, babe. We take NASCAR seriously. Okay. Nope. I'm saying okay. No, you said okay with that face. Yeah. It was a face of, oh, honey, your whiteness is showing. A little bit. Well, nothing wrong with NASCAR and a barbecue. Okay. Winning four of the ten races in the calendar for the 1970 year that she was racing in the Baragi. Damn. She won the championship. Oh. So she's doing good. Hello. She's doing good. Damn. In more the than... Italian Formula E 50 series. That's still a lot. So she wins mm-hmm. a championship. She wins a championship. So what does she do next? What do you think she does next? I'm going to answer this question. And I'm going to sound really sexist, and I yeah. understand that I'm going to sound very sexist. Okay. But she was born in a different time, and mm-hmm. I would imagine she probably got married, and her man's convinced her to be a housewife. Wow. That's cute. And yeah, that's very sexist, and I understand very that's very sexist. sexist. I, again, 1971, I, she moves her boss-ass bitch self to London, because she doesn't need a man oh, to like move PK. her to London for her. Yeah, but she worked really hard. She oh, didn't so just did have PK. parents with money and mm-hmm. sleep under a truck for a night. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, now that I mention it, PK really only had to sleep under that car once and he was set. Mm, crazy. Yeah. Mm. So, my sexist faux pas aside, which I <laughs> profusely apologize for because I didn't... I thought that was the curveball you were going to hit me with. I was going to say she continued with her racing career, but I didn't know if that was actually going to be the case or if she had, like, a family and she just, like, quit racing for, like, two or three years and then No, out. actually. And I think if I am correct... We'll see later about that. Um, Ooh, she... Mm. Let's not get spoilers. I actually don't know what's going to happen because I know nothing about this woman. She moves to London. What does she do after that? She wins the Formula Ford Mexico Championship for 1971. In England? Now that you say that out loud, it sounds silly. Like, she moved to England to race in Mexico. (laughs) Maybe they have less strict traveling laws i didn't know there were iis in mexico i'm mexican i can say that you can't say that that. was the sound of kimberly slapping my shoulder and i'm mexican and i can say that you can't okay yes it was and no you can't (laughs) so wait okay so she won the championship or was it just the race she won the championship oh damn yes did i find anything about what that is no no i didn't because it's not a fucking i mean it's a thing obviously but it's not and this is exactly how I know that I couldn't find information for the other stuff because I was getting a little worried looking at these notes and thinking maybe I hadn't finished them, but I did. We just get into where she's doing more relevant stuff, and so I have more notes. Mm-hmm. Think of that. Yeah, we take note-taking very seriously, and when I do my PK episodes, and I'm sure Kimberly so does too. many notes. There's like 45 pages of notes that I yeah. have to go through just because there's so much information you can't really like. And I miss a lot of stuff, so it's not like... I'm sure, what do you have, like 20 pages of notes or whatever? Wow, it must be so hard to be looking into a man who has his whole career documented so well. That's what I'm saying, that it's like, 
We take note-taking very seriously, and you got to shorten the mistake. Yes, I did. So, 1974, she's racing in the Formula 5000 with oh, an Eagle Chevrolet. There we go. Yeah, Eagle so, was one of like the big ones. I Sorry, I'm sorry for cutting you off. There was a... Um, I think Drive Tribe had a like spotlight sort of like quasi documentary. Do you just want to recite my notes without me reading those, them to you? Oh, did you watch the video too? Go ahead, BB. Thank you. Jesus. So the F five thousand ran around the world from nineteen sixty eight to nineteen eighty two. So it's actually was around for a while. I mean, oh, okay. It I was a very cheap twenty years. It was a very but, cheap alternative to like F one. Or like F2 and F3. <laughs> Excuse me. My episode. Check your male sports privilege at the door because you literally only know motorsports. And if this was about, not soccer, I know nothing about soccer. I don't know anything about Football, soccer either. Baseball, basketball, any of those, I would be telling you the things and you would be having to listen to me. Mm-hmm. So let me have my moment. Okay. Starting to feel like Maria Teresa de Filippis here. The Formula 5000 was intended as a low-cost series for open-wheel racing cars that no longer fit into any particular formula. That's dope. So what it, it was like you're saying, where the Formula 1 cars that maybe like didn't meet the specs, so they weren't quite there. Or the Formula 2 cars, again, that just didn't meet the specs. Anything that was open-wheel and didn't fall into one specific race category, so long as it was safe, could... They could race there. Um, the only restriction was the 5,000 in the name stands for the maximum 5.0 liter engine capacity allowed in oh, the cars. Oh, damn. So, yeah, look at me doing my fucking research. Yeah. Also, I made a note because at this point I was still like learning a lot. I hadn't done as much research and talked to you as much about racing. So I put open wheel equals exactly what it sounds like. The wheels of the car are outside of the main body mm-hmm. rather than below the body or inside the fenders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were only ever like I think two or three F1 cars ever that raced, including like the 50s, like very early mm-hmm. on, that were like resembling street cars. I think Juan Manuel Fangio won his championship with Mercedes, I think in 56 or 57, yeah. in a car that looked something like... A well, regular, like, it looked like something you would race at the 24 Hours of Le Mans. It was just a... Weird. Yeah, and it was, like, that kind of spec for, like, a different series, but they used it in Formula One. Because yeah. the FIA had, they changed the regulations or whatever, but... The FIA those, sucks. Yeah. I've Sterling, decided. Yes, 100%. Uh, especially now. But, yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know current FIA shit, except oh, that they make shit. everyone's lives hell. Formula 5000 manufacturers included McLaren, Eagle, March, Lola, Lotus... Elf, yep, that says Elfin, Matic, and Chevron. I was kind of surprised that Chevron was in there. Huh. Um, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're a gas company, so I guess it would make sense that at one point they were in, uh, like, motorsports and... There are a lot of crazy F1 sponsors. Yeah. Well, I mean, not even F1, like, motorsport. Like, Durex was one for the 70s. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Eagle is the same company as All American Racers, which I didn't know what All American Racers was. However, the AAR established an F1 team in the UK and rebranded their Euro locations as Anglo American Racers. But, um, it was really interesting because they had, um, Eagle as their car manufacturing company. Rather than having their cars manufactured under the same name as 
like what they are, which I thought was pretty cool. 1974, we move on to the big debut. So. In F1? Yes. Oh, sick. This is her Formula One debut. Killing it. Wait for it. She privately enters, because she's That's just that bitch. Yeah. She privately enters a Brabham. Brabham. Is it Brabham? Brabham. I thought it was Brabham. No, it's Brabham. God damn it. Yeah. She enters a Brabham, a mm-hmm. supported by the Italian automobile, auto, I need a minute. It's okay, we're drunk. Not drunk, you're drunk. Yeah, I'm having sake. I'm fire. just really high. I love the Japanese. Yeah. Wow. What? Pretty sure we can't say that. I said I love the Japanese. No, but it was the way you said it. Oh. Oh, did I sound like a 90-year-old man that was like, the Japs? Yeah, it was a little <laughs> bit like... <laughs> a little racist. I met her in Nam, but I still love her, you know? Oh. We, we all knew that one couple. Fuck. Or few couples. <laughs> family didn't eat the chicken noodle soup I made them. That's because you're exotic, babe, don't oh, you know? God, <laughs> All right, well, what don't I know about Le- Layla Lombardi's debut? What you debut? don't know about Layla Lombardi's debut. Lella, Lella Lombardi. Stop making me say it wrong. She privately entered a Brabham supported by the Italian Automobile Club. Okay. Yeah, the IAC. I'm going to give them an acronym because yeah. I didn't see one listed. Unfortunately, she fails to qualify this time, but that, that, that's fine. It's the, fine. The, again, the Brabham's in, I think, 74 weren't competitive anyways. And there if she's we go. A, if she's a privateer, the privateers tended to run older models. Mm-hmm. So, like, 1974, Nikki, uh, Emerson Fittipaldi wins the championship. Yeah. Uh, a privateer would run that McLaren, but probably last year, the, the year before. It's just as long as they were up to spec. Yeah. So, that's probably what uh, DeFilippis did. Um, or Lombardi. Thank you. Yes. Because... Because I know what woman we're talking about. Do I'm, you? I'm not drunk. You barely, you had some sock in Yeah, it. I'm a little drunk. <laughs> I only drink weekends. Okay. Um, <laughs> pardon my cackling. So, she fails to qualify in 1974, which is sad, but that's okay, because we come back in 1975, entering rounds three through nine for that year. Oh, nice. She's joined March, the racing team. Mm-hmm. She joined them in May. so i literally wrote it's funny because i like don't need to really look at my notes to have opinions on the teams anymore Uh. but when i wrote my notes i knew nothing (laughs) so under that i wrote march was a pretty shit f1 team from what i could Mm -hmm. find but they weren't terrible in f2 f3 and indycar yeah march had i think a win or two in formula one with vittorio brambia oh night stop talking you're going to ruin my notes. Okay, daddy. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, March, pretty shit F1 team. Very much. They weren't bad at Formula 2, Formula 3, and IndyCar? Pretty much like Carlin. <laughs> Stop. So, Lella's teammates on the March team were Vittorio Brambia and <laughs> oh god am i gonna like this name <laughs> it's you've already brought the name up and i have the same reaction because i'm a child it's 
Hans Wackelstuck or whatever the fuck. Is it like Stuck or something? Hans Stuck. It's <laughs> Hans Stuck. No, it's not. It really is, though. <laughs> so if you go on YouTube right now, you can find Hans old Wackelstuck. Hans Stuck. You, uh, yeah, you can find the season review for 1974. Pretty much 1958 to like mm-hmm. 2020. Yeah, you can find all of the season reviews and it's Hans Stuck. That's his name. Hans hyphen Joachim Stuck. Yes. Yes. Vittori Vit You can just call him Brambia. Thank you. Brambia only had one win and two podiums in his six year career. That included seventy four race starts, so he was about as impressive as a team. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I mean pretty much Sparks <laughs> disappeared funny. after like nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. And Hans Stuck was arguably worse than both March and Brambia. <laughs> oh my god. Brutal. I was really you just did not mood. care. That's With... hella funny. <laughs> Having zero wins and only two podiums during the five-year career that spanned 74 race starts. Damn. Yeah. Not good. No. Guy sucks. Mm-hmm. So, how many times are we really going to hear his name in those season reviews? It's a couple. Damn. From what I remember now, most of them are about him retiring. Wow. So, yeah. this man got more attention than all of the women I've so researched the, so far. Well, the reason is because I think Stuck was a pretty good qualifier. Oh, that's From he. what I remember. So, like, for the car that he was driving, I think he did well. But he never, like, finished well. Somehow, this man who clearly was bad at racing you have made into someone who's good at racing no somebody who, who who was like who was mentioned i'm not saying he's good or bad i'm just saying that i remember him now in those season reviews interesting mm-hmm. okay indeed i think i'm still a little burned from you oh well calling lombardi de Filippis first of all yeah. and then uh, suggesting she wouldn't got married and had kids I thought, I, I 100% own it. I'm sexist <laughs> as fuck. I'm just saying that's what I personally thought because these women are, you know, from... Women are what? They're from the old world and the oh, old Oh, the world. old world. Yeah. Where by, women by, could only be... By that, I mean, like, they were products of, like, the people who fought in World War One, and those people were grown up and, like, brought up to think a certain way. And that mentality was, like, you have kids, you get married... And the women stay home. So that's what I mean. I'm not saying that, like, because she's a woman, she's doing that. I'm saying she was brought up by people who were brought up that way. So it makes sense. My brain physically hurts for every feminist who existed before the year 2020. Really? Yeah. I don't like feminism either. That's not what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm a feminist. Don't get me wrong. I just don't like the feminism movement. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're a feminist who doesn't like the I, feminist I'm movement. all for equality so what I threw in the word feminist there just for whatever so people who label themselves that don't look at me as somebody who doesn't label themselves as somebody who wants equality that's what I was trying to to say if I could have it my way I just say I think everyone should be equal so um, yes Hans Stuck Hans Stuck Stuck <laughs> I'm sorry it's a really funny it's gotta sound like it's gotten like stuck in your Hans Stuck Stuck he's German, I'm assuming. German or Austrian, one of the two. I don't want to say like which because thing. Austrians don't like being called Germans and vice versa. So, well, I- I'm going to say. The 1975 season ended up being a pretty eventful 
one. It was it was a lot. For her personally? Um or just it in looks general? like overall from my notes, because they're very long. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from all of it. Okay. Cool. Yes. So the South Africa Grand Prix, which was the third race in this season, uh, happened at Kyalami on March 1st. Obviously in 1975. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Great. Lola Lombardi becomes the second woman after Maria De- Teresa De Filippis to qualify for a Grand Prix. She com- she becomes the second woman to qualify for to a qualify Prix? for Good a for Grand her. Prix. Nice. And I mean, De Filippis didn't really set the bar high. She qualified like dead last. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? I'm just saying. Don't don't do this. To I'm me. just I'm being an asshole. I know. Um, on lap 23, though, she retired with a fuel system problem. Oh. So that's all bad. So what the was the benefit car? here is that we know it's the car. She, we know she retired because it was a car issue. What's frustrating here is this happens a lot. And oh no. It becomes where, like, no matter how well she's racing, her cars cannot perform at all. And my problem that I have is I, and to be fair, this is way before when I didn't, like, fully understand, (laughs) like, racing and things. But I think in our first or second episode, maybe third, right around there. Well, we've only got, like, five. So, first or second. About about eight Um, episodes total, I think. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Damn, thank you for keeping track of that, because I'm lost. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, well, we did PK up to uh, 84 or 85. Oh, God, that's right. We did. Yeah, and we're going to cram PK into us the last last little bits. Yeah. Probably two episodes. That's okay. Well, um, I had argued that even with mechanical issues, he still should have been finishing, because I apparently don't know how to use my brain um and i was like no he should just learn the car and it's little tips and tricks that i think this comes from driving a car that i have to like pray and do weird like finagling yeah. things to it when i put gas in it so i think that's just me not <laughs> wanting to admit i need to fix my car um because it still runs <laughs> it's fine but i it's hard because I want to sit here and say now, like, she wasn't the problem her car was, but I can't really use that excuse when with PK I've been like, no, no, he should have just adapted. So. <sighs> it sucks that she did get the short end of this. Like, a lot of, I don't know uh, what her relationship was like in her team. I don't know of any March employee that's really talked about it, but like the March team was never like super successful to the point where they needed to establish that dynamic. Well, but if. Lombardi's getting all of the mechanical failures. Yeah. It's probably for a reason. I mean, I think we do have some mechanical failures with the other two. Um, not really with um, Stuck. I think he just sucked. Um, Pretty much. But Brambia, I think, does have a few like mechanical failures throughout. But you can tell there is like a difference. She has more mechanical failures more frequently. And so obviously she's getting the car that isn't the best quality one that they have. Or she just has the worst mechanic ever. I, I don't like Or she that's... doesn't have any mechanic at all, which could be totally possible. Because uh, back yeah. in the day, the mechanics were like, it was eight to, for the entire team. Yeah. And it was like two drivers and, you know, four people. Oof. Isn't, you're not going to get the kind of yeah. that you need. So. 
So we move on to the next race. This is the Spanish Grand Prix in Montjuï Park Circuit. Oh, Montjuï. Montjuï. How yeah. did I fucking Montjuï or whatever. Okay, great. Montjuï Park Circuit, April 27th. And, um, yeah, the race is bittersweet. Mm-hmm. I put that, and now I'm scared to read the rest. I'm scared to find out why. So... Oh, I'm assuming this is a sweet. Lombardi scored her first and only point in Formula One in this race. Mm-hmm. There is one woman in Formula One who is one points. Yes. You incorrectly earlier referred to that woman as being Maria Teresa de Filippis. Hmm. Which is okay. I'll yeah. probably figure out how to rewind and plug that back in <laughs> uh, here so that you can hear yourself say it. Um, well, I'm going to have to listen to this episode. I don't, I'm not going to edit it, so yeah. No, yeah, that's true. I don't listen to the videos I edit because I have to fucking edit them. And listen I to cannot them. listen to the podcast after I edit it. <laughs> but she, Lombardi, yes. not DeFilippis, was the only woman thus far who has scored points in Formula One. Mm-hmm. We loved her. This race was supposed to have a total of 75 laps, but only 29 laps were completed during this race. So the Grand Prix Drivers Association immediately went on strike when they arrived at the circuit. And I think we've actually talked about this um, crash before on the podcast, but they were citing issues with the Armco barriers as a safety concern and they sat in the garages all of Friday because mm-hmm. of it. Yep. Emerson Fittipaldi, championship leader, down three laps of the circuit before refusing to take his grid spot because he deemed the track unsafe. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? There was a documentary in F1 called, I think, like, The Need for Speed or something. And in it, um, Emerson Fittipaldi's there and he's recounting this particular race. Mm-hmm. He goes up to the Arco barrier, kicks it, and it falls apart. Like, yeah. there was nothing holding it together. That's Ooh. why he was like, it's not safe. Right. But I just think, I think it's so interesting how he was like, no, like, this isn't safe. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. And I, it ties into that, like, um, what I brought up with the other crashes before is, like, them having that feeling and either listening to it or not listening to it. And he listened and, like, he d- yeah probably well, saved his life. A driver's, um, what was it? It was, who was it that said it? That there was somebody very important in Formula One said that once a driver starts thinking about their mortality, their fastest days are over. Right, but I think, like, that, because, that's true. Fit, but okay. even on your, like, faster days, if you have that, like, bad gut feeling, you should not do it. Yeah, well, that's what Lauda did in 76, the year later. But, yeah. Because, yeah. like, he... It, they were racing in Japan, and Lauda was, like, three or four races back from his crash at the mm-hmm. Nürburgring that almost killed him. And he was driving, and, he, like, he couldn't see, like, ten feet in front of him. So he's like, hey, I want the race stopped. And everyone was like, no, we're good. So what he does is after they do the first lap, he slowly goes into the pits, takes his helmet off, says it's not worth it, and then gets in this helicopter and leaves. And that's how he loses the championship. I was with you until you said he got in his helicopter and left. Yeah. Okay. So the team owners let it be known that neither they nor the teams would be 
paid unless they raced on Saturday and the strike ended. Um, so, <laughs> oof, the beginning of this race was super messed up, which isn't surprising because we just had all those issues with the confusion from like the strike. So Brambia, Lombardi's teammate, he had punted Marie, Mario Andretti into the back of Nikki Lauda hard enough to launch Lauda into his teammate Rigazzoni. Rigazzoni. Rigazzoni? Mm-hmm. I tried. Yeah. And that this was just the beginning of the race. I mean, we've, like, the first start, we're yeeting into each other already. Mm-hmm. And, of course... Bramby is on there. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Representing the Martians. Just whooshing into funny, everyone That's else. probably the closest Bramby had ever gotten up to that point. Like, <laughs> you know, being, running with the top contenders, oh, you know. Except oh, for his one race win, but yeah. Damn. Yeah, I think it came this year or next year. But oh. Not important. So, <laughs> with the um, accident involving yes. Lauda and Regazzani, this meant that both Ferraris were out for this race. Nice. And it was not even the end of the first lap. Mm-hmm. So, not great. Patrick DePaye, is that how you say his DePaye. name? Patrick DePaye picked up suspension damage from the debris of that whole mess. So, this doesn't seem important. Now it becomes important. Oh, shit. Wilson Fittipaldi and Arturo Mazzario. Mazzario? Mazzario. We've talked about all of them. Yeah. So... They decide at this point that the race was not safe enough to continue, so they both drop their, they drop out, done. On lap four, Jody Schechter suffers an engine failure. Mm. This spewed a full tank of oil all over the circuit. Oh, fun! So what do we do here? Do we? Do they keep going? Oh wait, just wait. Oh no. Alan Jones and Mark Donahue were following, and both went hurtling into the barriers after hitting the oil that had been spilled from Schechter's oil grill. James Hunt fell into the same trap three laps later and met with the same fate. At this point, I mean, I'm assuming they're not comfortable, but no one has been grievously injured enough that it required Mm -hmm. some note in the so many notes of all of the men in... Formula One. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. So Andretti is now leading, but seven laps into his lead, he has a suspension failure and retires. Yeah. Ronnie Peterson then clipped Francois Migot. Migot? I have no idea. I have no idea who this guy is. Okay, great. While attempting to lap him, Migot has a lengthy stop in the pits, but he's able to keep racing. But he's in the pits for a while. He's like, lying, bag, whatever. Okay, fine. All of these... All of these things come into play. There's a reason I'm going through them. I promise. Mm. So, unfortunately, all of this, just the beginning of the race. Oh. We are just starting off strong. (laughs) Now race leader, because there's barely anyone left, Rolf Stommelin. 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 There we go. Rolf Stommelin. Experiences a rear wing failure while he crusted the rise into turn one on lap 26. This caused him to pitch into the barriers. Mm. Carlos Pace, who had been Pache. following closely... Pot, it's Pacha. He's Brazilian. Okay. I was like, no, that says Pace. Okay. Carlos Pacha. Pache. Pache? 
God damn it, I'm trying. Carlos. We're both really high. Carlos Pache, who had been following closely, smashes into the side of Stromlin. Stomlin? Stomlin. I tried. This sent his car flying into a damaged set of barriers that launched the car into an area with spectators. Um. Again, yeeting ourselves all over the circuit because we mm-hmm. can't give a fuck. People want their money's worth to be quite honest. No! Nobody wants to be hit by a goddamn car. It's not like catching a baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you catch wheels, front wings, the diffuser at the We're corner. never going to one of these races. Probably not. I hope not. They're <laughs> fucking boring. Oh. Five spectators were killed oh, no, during this accident, and Stomelin... Stomeline? Stomelin. Stomelin suffered severe injuries, including a broken leg, wrist, and multiple broken ribs. Bro, that's it? Race organizers took four more laps to call the race into a premature end. Yet another example of poor race. <laughs> Very much. Fucking organization in regards to safety and general respect for human life. Mm. But whatever. It's fine. I'm fine. So, at the end of the 29th lap, the race was declared done. I mean, they were like, no, you're good. Yeah. At this point in the race, 18 of the 26 race entrants have retired. Out of the 20 what? 26? 18 of the 26 race entrants had retired. That means there were only 8 cars. Back in the day, the top 6 got points. My god. Okay. This left 8 finishing positions with only the top 6 receiving points. If you had let me move on in my notes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Fine. I'm fine. Due to the reduced race distance, this makes me so mad. The organizers opted to only award half points to the winners. Because That's again, we don't give a shit that <laughs> spectators were killed and a man was scarred for life. Damn it, these people only deserve half points. <laughs> there was only eight of them. Oh my god. Yeah, it's not great. So Lombardi, who finished this race in sixth place. Which is only third to last. It's really good. Considering back in the day, points were worth a lot more. So being in the top six is incredible. Yeah. Okay. Great. Fabulous. The top six out of the remaining eight, but that's fine. But the remaining eight were probably still fast cars. I don't know what, like, the finish, but... So this means she scores the first points ever for a female in Formula One, which is amazing. Unfortunately, she was only awarded a half point. Yeah. So, it's it, it's a little bit of a... Two steps forward, it's one step back. Sweet, yeah. yeah, no, it's just, it's sad. And, uh, yeah, that's it. She she scores her first points in Formula One and the first points ever for a female. Yeah. Loses half on a technicality because of the race organizer's issue that they didn't fix. Like... Yeah. Uh, Not fun. No. Oh, and people died. Rest in peace to those people, yeah. Yeah, the spectators of that one race. Yeah. Yeah, they're fine. They're in a better place. They're not fine. (laughs) They've they've been in a better place for like 50 years. They're fine. That's fair. Uh, So we're going to call it here. This is not probably not even like half of Lombardi's career. We're going to keep making episodes until we finish it because Lombardi does deserve to be talked about. So... The more content we have on her, the more important, you know, 
the more importance we're going to place on her, not just because she Whoa. was... I mean, in the sense that, like... She's not more important than PK. The more we'll more... be able to give time to her story. Yes, thank you. That's what I meant to say. Because her story is very important. So we're going to call it uh, an episode for right now. <laughs> we are. We will be putting stuff out more frequently. I, w- I was really busy with school, so... And then Kimberly was busy with personal stuff, like moving. And oh, so... and, and who graduated? What? I mean, it's not important, but... I'm done with school for, like, the next year. So we're going to have a lot of time to do... A lot of episodes. Yeah, well, I'm going to be a fucking research too. Less of a workaholic. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, me too. Great. Because I work in a fucking kitchen. Yeah. Anywho, we will see you guys for the next episode. And uh, we don't know when that will be. But we we're going to keep putting. We're putting not going to keep giving you promises. We're not going to be like, next week for no. sure. Because I feel like every time we say next week for sure, there's no next yeah, week. Yeah, but for there sure. will be an episode. Yes. There, in there's the going to be a follow up episode. <laughs> Hopefully, not fucking three months from now again. But there's going to be more content. So Fingers crossed. Stay tuned. Yeah. Yeet. All right.